You're listening to the Access Success Podcast, produced by Access U, a division of Access Advertising and Public Relations. Hey, let's do something big. I'm your host, Rachel Schneider. Welcome to the Access Success Podcast, where we highlight important topics focused on education in every form it takes. In the past, we've interviewed influencers and content creators who've amassed success on TikTok and Instagram. Today, we're introducing you to some local full-time YouTubers with over 2 million subscribers who tune in every week to hear their latest fandom theories and reviews from the Marvel Universe to Disney to Harry Potter and so much more. For over a decade, Ben and Jay Carlin have been known as the Super Carlin Brothers, and the success of their YouTube channel has also spawned plenty of merch, a coffee company, a podcast, and as if these brothers aren't busy enough, they're doing it all here in Roanoke, Virginia. Please welcome the Super Carlin Brothers, Ben and Jay Carlin, to the show. Thanks for being here today, you two. Oh my gosh, thank you so much for having us here. I know, this is really cool. We really like your your entire studio yeah, space here. Yeah, this is fun, know, it's, it's fun. Like, we've set up so many little sets around our own office. It's like, ooh, someone else is doing this. I know, it's yeah. so good. It's yeah. like we never get to stumble in somewhere <laughs> else you. where it's already been done. No, it's beautiful. Oh my gosh, thank you so much. And you guys have a specific intro, I think, that you do on your episodes, right? Oh, we sure do. Yeah, yeah. Do, do you want a hey, brother? Yeah, sure. Right, so three, two, one. Hey, hey brother. brother. Wow, that was a little loud. <laughs> did we do a little, little peaky? Did we yeah. peak? Yeah. <laughs> I, I think you definitely did. Um, but thank you for that. That uh, was great. Absolutely. Everybody's like, well, my ears are not yeah. happy now, but yeah. yeah. We'll level it out later. We'll, we'll fix it in post. Perfect. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so to set the scene for everyone here, back in the late 2000s, the two of you were making videos in your basement and yep. posting them to YouTube. What was the YouTube scene like back then for a creator? Well, uh, back then, this was, I guess, around like 2012 when we were starting yes. um, Super Carlin Brothers. Like, uh, it's so funny because at the time in 2012, if you were like getting into the scene, there was this like big feeling like, I'm already too late. If only I'd started in 2007. Yes. And it's like nowadays, like, you go to like, uh, we meet other content creators and they're like, oh my gosh, you started in 2012. Oh my gosh, it's so hard to break into YouTube these days. And it's like, oh man, maybe we were more ahead of the game than we thought. I know, I yeah. know. Yeah. We, we've worked with like a handful of folks in the industry who have referred to us as legacy creators. Yeah, we're old. Which, we get which it. is a term that we had never heard before. And when someone said that to us, we're like, wait a second, what? Yeah. <laughs> what? Legacy. Um, because it really was a thing, you know, like um, everybody who was big and the people who were inspirations for our channel when we were starting off, you know, they all started in 2007, 2008, right? As the platform really was created. Right. And there was a lot of news at the time about people like uh, Philip DeFranco, for example, who did like a news segment who was um, starting to make like a, like a real career off of being a YouTuber. Yeah. Um, and, and it really did feel like we were, we were already too late. Uh, and I think that, you know, it's like one of those things where obviously as time goes on, it's like, I, I think the, the, uh, the morsel of inspiration to take away is that, it, that you're never too late. You know, there's still that opportunity to, to, to yeah. dig in. Yeah, there absolutely is. I think probably in 2012, there was a much more like, um, a much more forgiving audience. Like, like the phrase YouTube was like, yeah, you, you make, you know, uh, uh, videos, which is still what people do. But like back then it felt like there was a lot more people using, you know, their handy cams and stuff like the, the camera and the the technology wasn't quite as like uh, consumer ready as it is today. The editing software wasn't as approachable. Yeah. Um, so like there was there was a more like there was like a greater a greater amount of forgiveness on the viewers end. Whereas like today it feels like at least on YouTube it 
like needs to look a lot more polished and stuff but then i think that's great where things like tiktok where it's just like that's just people holding their phone in their house and it's still like it's like very low budget friendly and that's very cool too absolutely and we, yeah. we've even th- found with something like tiktok that like our approach to it almost comes across as like overly polished and not appropriate for the right, platform yeah. <laughs> so it's like it's it's sort of like a little bit of both sides depending on where you're kind of like you know putting your your content yeah, that's so true. I mean, just remembering when I first started watching YouTube, it was like either music videos or America's Funniest Home Videos. It's yeah. just like the raw content. And then you started to see more of like the, uh, you know, I don't know, Fred and like Jenna Marbles or those oh people come to mind of those days. Um, but now, yeah, it's so polished. There's so many content creators on there. What made you want to start a YouTube channel in the first place? Oh, man. So uh, back in 2009, um, that's when I started my first YouTube channel, which was called uh, John Kerlin. That you can still look it up and check out the videos if you want. Although I wouldn't recommend it; they're not very good. <laughs> but uh, I was in college at the time, and I was uh, major at Virginia Tech, and I was majoring in uh, mass communication. And I was, I think, just one of I just happened to be like a really early adopter of like um, that that side of YouTube where people were making content specifically for YouTube rather than just uploading like otherwise viral videos that mm-hmm. YouTube was sort of known for at the time. And so I would just be in my in my you know um, room watching Community Channel or the Angry Video Game Nerd or the Vlog Brothers, and I would I, I realized at some point I was watching more YouTube than. I was like TV, and it, then um, after a while, it also occurred to me that a lot of the people I was wa- I was watching at the time were just making videos like in their bedroom, and I was like, well, man, I don't know. I'm I've got a bedroom here and a camera, and I know some editing software, and I'm majoring in communication and like i i think i could be funny like i remember watching all those viral videos with like ben and our friends we'd all just be you know gather around the computer and everybody be like oh wait have you seen this one yet or, oh well, look up this or you look up like sketch comedy and i always felt like 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 we we could do this we're this funny and everyone would be like nah nah these are like this is way more produced than you think like we're not that good and i was like you know what i, I can just do it myself so <laughs> i just um i started making videos in my room and Uh, Much to my surprise, people started watching them. It was like this um, really exciting thing. And it was like, it was like figuring out what I had always sort of wanted to do, but there was never like a real answer to grab onto. Like, you know, you're growing up and people are like, what do you want to do? What do you want to do? I was like, I don't, I don't really know. But um, once, once I started doing it, it felt like this, this is what I want to be doing. Um, Unfortunately, in 2009, it wasn't like anyone really was a full-time content creator. You know, that wasn't really a job that existed so much it was uh much more like if 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 anyone was doing it it was like 10 people and they were the 10 most successful people on youtube right and And what were your early videos about uh oh boy a faulty thermostat i think was the first first one it was the faulty thermometer thermometer yeah yeah my very first youtube video ever was about i was sick one weekend to college and i like I had like I I wanted like I had this rule in my head that if I don't like I need to have a temperature before I like go to the doctor or something or maybe that was just the sickness talking but it was like this crazy snow day outside and I felt terrible and I was like I just need to go get a thermometer <laughs> and I remember like summoning this willpower for like several hours to walk like 
half a mile down to the food line to buy a thermometer so I could come home. And then it didn't work. It was broken. And not only that, but it had this instruction sheet that was like 10 pages long and unfolded like massive. And it's like, there's one button on this. <laughs> it does like, one thing. It does one thing and it can't even do that. Right. Uh, so that was what my first video was about. But it was a lot of like sketch comedy, just sort of things like I would have like a, a silly like observation and I would talk about it and then I would act it out and then I would talk about it and that would sort of be it. But um, that's what I did in uh, in college and that was just me. And, and then, how'd you rope this guy in? Yes, that's the question. That's the that's, question. I'm still not sure. <laughs> I know. So uh, eventually, like I graduated the next year and I had to, you know, go into the go into the real world, and uh, I got like a real job, actually over at the the Roanoke Civic Center or the Berglund Center now. Mm -hmm. uh, I did like the marketing over there for uh, about five years. But about two years into that, I I, so I you know I had put John Curlin on the back burner. I had my real job, but like that YouTube bug was there, and so I thought like, okay, let me start again, and. I've got some experience this time. I, know, I learned so much making the other um, videos on the other channel. And I was really watching uh, the Vlogbrothers a lot of the time. That's John and Hank Green, who are like still massive. Yo, oh, yeah. 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 They're, they're awesome. Um, and we've, got, you know, we've gotten to meet them and stuff since then, which has been really cool. But um, I want, th they started their whole YouTube thing by doing this thing called uh, Brotherhood 2.0, where... Um, they just took turns uploading videos for a year and that was the only way they communicated. So like John would open a video to Hank on Monday and Hank would respond the next day. And I was like, Ben, we could do that. Like, I loved that idea. I thought it was so cool. I thought it's like this, this, this can't miss. This is so good. And like, I've got, I have a brother who is like the funniest person I've ever known. <laughs> and like, I've like, there's no way it doesn't work. Like if we do this, it will work. I was like positive of it. And so, I, um, Ben at the time, was just graduating from Radford and he needed uh, a roommate because he didn't want to move back in with mom and dad yep yep and and, and uh, that was that was really the the only bargaining chip yeah. that, I think, <laughs> that I think Jay had at his disposal at all I mean we grew up and our dad was like the you know the local TV news anchor he still is for you know WSLS uh, and it was it was like one of these things for me growing up where for a long time people would ask like oh are you gonna follow like following your dad's footsteps like are you gonna be you know like a, like a news anchor someday and I remember I think in third or fourth grade there was a speech contest that I was a part of yes um, oh. and this was like one of those things like where dad you know he sat down with me and we were at the computer and we were like typing the whole script out you know, like the like, secret advantage yeah yeah exactly I right. mean this was like you know I was like you know not not to brag but I'm a prodigy you know you know, like, you know potential here. No, I mean, but like, you know, I felt like it could potentially like be in my blood or something. And I was like, okay, like maybe, maybe I've got this, maybe I've got this. And so, you know, I gave the presentation like on the classroom level and, and I was like selected to go on to like finals or whatever, which oh, was like, cool. a, like a local thing. And so they, they took us from this, like, you know, like classroom competition where you went and you were like presenting your speeches for judges and all the rest of everything. And I did my thing and, uh, they got to the award ceremony and, you know, they're reading it off. And they're like third place, second place. And they're like, and first place is... Ben Carlin and you know it's this huge exciting moment and like dad couldn't be there because he's doing the news they hand me the plaque I go back to the table sit down with my mom and I'm like dad's gonna be so proud and you know like I was so excited Aww. when all of a sudden on the microphone you could hear them saying uh Ben Ben I'm we made a mistake <gasps> 
and they they actually called me back up on stage and they had Stop read it. they had read the results of the competition backwards right oh, so no. not only had you not won i came in last <laughs> right. um and so i had to i had to give back i had to hand the, the plaque back and uh, actually, the other girl who was selected from my classroom, in fact, won uh, with her fantastic speech about dolphins. Um, <laughs> and and so I think from that moment, I was like, it's not in my cards. Like, <laughs> I, I, I'm not supposed to be a public speaker. I'm not supposed to be behind a camera. This is not for me. I'm going to abandon that like hope and dream. When people ask the question, I'm just going to say no. Uh, <laughs> that is not my plan. So I went to Radford University. I, I double majored in uh, business marketing and management. And... Uh, came out of school and literally was planning to do uh, a, a commercial aquarium installation company. Yeah. Um, which I actually did and still own to this day. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, really the big thing was was the issue of income. Uh, aquariums, you know, not necessarily always the most profitable endeavor. And so I couldn't afford to live on my own. And so the only thing that Jay had that could, that could convince me to get in front of the camera was... I needed a roommate. Yep. <laughs> and so it was a year long conversation, which, which I think was enough time to like put the hook in me. Yeah, pretty good bargaining chip there. Uh, and I have to ask, how did growing up with a TV news broadcaster, um, for those who might have missed that, your dad is John Carlin. He's yes. the yeah. main anchor at WSLS and a reporter, you know, very long time, very established here in the area. How did that influence your storytelling and video creation and production? I, w- I would say quite a bit. Um, I mean, you know, we grew up with it, you know, uh, seeing him on TV all the time. And, you know, yeah. you never went out to dinner with dad without someone being like, oh, I love seeing you on the TV. And, you know, he'd stand up and, you know, shake their hand and take a picture. And he would whatever. remember everyone. Too, yeah. Like, yeah. To his credit. Like, he's so great. He's like, oh, yeah, we did the story at Ferrum. And, you know, he would remember everything. Um, but, yeah, I, the other big thing that our dad did in addition to that, though, was was like the home video thing. So he was really good about, like, documenting all of the, the big special moments. Yeah. Um, of our lives and at the end of the year he would literally go through and using like the editing bays at the tv station he would create what he would call the year in carlin that's so cool it yeah. was amazing i mean it was just this thing that like it it felt like it was really cool because every year at christmas he would give us you know the next year in carlin we'd all watch it and you'd have this great like not just like home videos that you shot this year but this like curated storytelling thing and like back then they didn't have you know final cut pro or you know anything like that you couldn't edit videos on your phone you basically had to have an editing bay like they had at the tv station or else mm-hmm. we're like really putting your vcr to its max you know <laughs> he, he was deaf um, yeah he was definitely yeah. in an incredibly unique position to do it but basically that meant that as of 1994 you know <laughs> i would argue he was on the the very early cutting edge of creating the first vlog that was just ever made Right. Yeah. You it was know, like, like yeah. He was vlogging before YouTube existed. But yes. Yeah. 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 Really. So you guys were used to having your lives on camera, and this mm-hmm. seems like a pretty natural transition then to doing the YouTube channel. <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, like I said, like when I was at tech, I was majoring in like communication and I was yeah. sort of heading down like the, the news side of things. And um, I, I was learning as I was doing that, like in all these great skills and I enjoyed uh, you know, doing the editing and shooting the videos and talking to the people. What I found I really was like not that interested in though was the news itself. Like, <laughs> like the actual thing you yeah, are the actual to be thing. It's like on. everything around it is great. the The content is just not appealing just to me. Just a tad bleak. And so yeah, it's like so, man. So, but then I basically, the, thankfully for me, like YouTube was just right there, and it was just everything I liked about everything I was learning in class. 
but I could make the content about whatever I wanted. So speaking of making that content into something that you guys enjoyed and were passionate about, in 2012, you posted a video to your channel that would change your lives and eventually lead to YouTubing full-time. Yeah. Tell us about that. Okay, so the video is called The Pixar Theory. Yes. And at this point, I think it's pretty widespread, or people have heard of it, or maybe they don't know the full thing. Maybe they haven't heard the video, but... I, I have to say, yeah. so I grew up in Detroit, Michigan. Yeah. Like in, uh, well, really like downriver Detroit in a suburb, but somebody sent me that video. No like way. I swear, when I was in like high school or something, I think maybe my brother did, because I looked it up while I was putting together the outline, and I'm like okay, I've definitely seen this before. Nice. So, and I had no idea that I would one day move here and that you guys were based here, that I'd meet you, but I just wanna say, I was like so tripped out by that. Yeah. <laughs> that, is, that is remarkable and amazing. That's fantastic. Uh, yeah, that, that, I do remember for, for a little while, there was this, there was this like, piece of that where it was the only real viral piece of content that we have and we we were you know we did like a lot of skiing and snowboarding and stuff up at snowshoe and i remember we'd be like on the ski lifts and there's the the obligatory like conversation for 15 minutes as you're going up and we would frequently have that like we'd be like so what do you guys do and we would instead of telling about our real jobs be like who are you youtubers yeah (laughs) you You may have seen us the pixar theory right um (laughs) and uh very very frequently it would like a a little light bulb would go off and like the person was like i have seen that and it was like you know i think it felt it was our first like kind of like taste as to the thing like the dad was always experiencing which would you know people coming yeah. over and saying like love you on the news it was like it was the first time we ever kind of had somebody be like yes i know that thing yeah i saw that thing you made yeah, yeah. So it was, was very like, unique i mean i i because i recognized it because i don't think i'd seen anything like it before yeah so how did you come up with it well i will say this that we did not invent the pixar theory itself Per se, um, the original uh, article was written by a guy named John Negroni, yep. um, who actually is from Lynchburg, if you can believe it. Oh Just and we did not completely know that randomly. At, yes. completely randomly. Yeah, um, he's a great guy. He's he's like yeah, he does movie reviews and stuff now. He's really cool. But um, we, I just you know, uh, I was talking to our other brother Tyler one day about how uh, me and Ben had just watched um, you know a bunch of Pixar movies over the weekend because we had a snow day, and he was like, oh man, have you heard about this thing called the Pixar theory? And I was like, nope. And he showed me the article, and I read it, and I was like. Like this is so cool, and I'm like, I needed a topic to talk about the next day on the on the on the vlog, right? And you know that was always the thing. Like you have one more thing to talk about, and it was like, well, this is really cool, so I'm gonna just tell people about it. And uh, so I made a video about it, and we we linked it up to his article, and it just like I I it it just went viral, and I don't know. Like today, it seems like everyone knows about the Pixar theory. Every Pixar movie comes out, people are like, how does it fit in? And you know every. Um, website out there will have their version of that article, but I, I somehow, some way, I think we were just like the the first good video detailing the Pixar theory, yes. and it was like more accessible than the very lengthy like written article. Right, and so yeah, I, yeah, I think I think the the best thing that we could maybe take some credit for is the popularization, mm-hmm. you know, in mm-hmm. terms of of bringing it to the forefront. And then we've expanded it, you know, a lot ever since then, and, and everything since that that first video has sort of been like our our own version of expansion of it. But, yeah. Um, yeah, and, and I mean, what was what was wild about it? Like Jay said, you know, you you go in, and we were making so much content, but we had. If I were to tell you what our show was about, it was it was like the worst elevator pitch pitch ever. It was like, <laughs> would you like to see videos about thoughts that I sometimes have while I'm driving my car? Right. You know, it's you like know. it's like there was there was no central 
subject. Right. Like, it was like, what was appealing about it was the challenge of could we do it or something. Right. Yeah. Um, and and I think what the what the Pixar theory ended up really doing was kind of like showcasing to us that these films, these topics, like a, like a lot of the stuff that we consumed as kids and still loved into adulthood, we were like, every time we do talk about this stuff, it does start to collect more views. Whether we were doing it, you know, even intentionally or not, it was almost like we were we were accidenting our way or just experimenting so much with different styles of content yeah. that we were trying to find like what worked. Mm-hmm. And I think probably the big shiny flag that the Pixar theory was for us was like, hey, here's here's your marker. Here's where right. to start. Here, like pull on this thread. Boom. And from there, that's that's really what we started doing. And that's when you started to see the views come in, the subscribers show up. Yeah. How did this change your approach then to content creation and your brand once you found that trend? I would say it took us embarrassingly long to make like the full on pivot. Yeah. Um, Cause we made it and it was going viral and it felt like, and then like all of a sudden, yeah, I think we had, you know, I think like 10,000 subscribers or something when we made the video and like all of a sudden it was really starting to jump up. Like people were coming in at a much faster rate and like i think in our eyes it was like oh my gosh this is so cool this video is bringing in lots of subscribers and now now we have like more of a more of an audience to catch our like you know daily thoughts from our other you know the rest of the videos we're making like yes yeah like now we now we have an entryway and once they get in the door they'll see how great the other videos are but the answer was that like no they came here for the pixar theory and related content and then if you're uploading another video about like how to eat an everything bagel like that's not interesting them, <laughs> right. Know? Yes. And, yeah. and I think that was, uh, that, yeah, exactly. As you said, it almost took us like an embarrassingly long period of time. So it's, it's the type of thing where it's like, if you were handed the keys to like a, like a 1 million subscriber followership, you know, social media platform of, of any kind, it's like, you would still need the right thing to, to, you know, kind of please those customers, so to speak, which was really interesting. So we, you know, we, we went from like 10,000 to like 60,000 subscribers, but we were still only getting like two to 3,000 views per upload because we were still kind of just continuing to do what we had always done. And, yeah. you know, the Pixar theory had kind of been this like one-off anomaly. Um, and, and I think for us, you know, it was like this big thing, like where we had these like 2000 extremely like loyal, uh, like viewers, like we, like they would comment on every single video. They would always show up in spades. Like, you know, we, like we knew, we knew them as well as they knew us. Like you could, you could count on a comment from Jacob, you know, when you just knew that, that every single video Jacob would be there. And so I think for, for a lot of it, it was like, we had done it for, you know, two full years at this point in time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and there was something where you were like, well, you don't want to like turn away those people who were there with you from the very beginning by all of a sudden, just sort of like, doing this drastic shift. And so I I think there was a huge part of us that like wanted to maintain true to those original viewers. Right. It was like, look, these people are like hardcore, like they're proof that we're succeeding. Right. Kind of way. And it's like, and I think, I mean, we were succeeding in a certain way, but um, it wasn't in like a, um, you know, a, a massive uh, way that was uh, going to like make money or anything, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, and, and you know that's that, and this is still on the very, very, very early end of things where like the consideration of truly doing it as a career was was not something that we had fully placed on the table. Yeah, yet. not really. <laughs> and it would it would probably take at least two more years 
before that consideration even came into play. Yeah, oh, okay. for sure. Like, uh, yeah, so uh, the the longer the Pixar theory had existed, the more people came in. Every now and then, like, a different theory would float across our desk, and it would be like, oh, man, this is great, because if I make another theory video, that'll probably get a lot of views on it. Right. And so, we, you know, we did one about, like, who who was Jesse's original owner? Was it Andy's mom? And then I know we did one about, like, Frozen. We did a couple of Star Wars ones, and they all kind of, like, picked up steam. And eventually we were just like, let's make the full on pivot to just just fandoms and see how it goes, because like, uh, who knows? And I think at the time it felt like, are we going to be able to think of enough stuff? Right. Can we make these things up? And realistically, you know, it's like now like a new a new Pixar movie, a new Star Wars or Marvel movie comes out and like people do look to us as like authorities in some capacity. Like, you know, they want to know like what our our kind of unique way in is or whatever. Um but, you know, at the time, we did not have that confidence in ourselves, you know, like it, it wasn't something where we felt like we had some some unique perspective to offer to this particular equation. We, we were just sort of finding that, like, the further the further we went, the more that it worked. And it was kind of like, you know, it, I mean, it was it was very slowly confidence building in, in some capacity. But like, I remember reviewing a movie for the first time and being like, like I'm not a, like I didn't go to film school like you know I've never that I've never kind of like, like imposter syndrome oh yes yeah, yes I I think every single creator in some capacity and I mean we've talked to many of them you know throughout our, our kind of like travels doing this stuff I think all of them have imposter yeah, no syndrome. one can really believe the position they're in <laughs> yes it's it's always sort of it's always sort of shocking you know because I, I suppose back in the day if you were like an actor you were going to come on and be like a part of a TV show you had like a studio like a network an a agent you had you had casting people that oh, were yeah. they were like kind of telling you like yeah no you're good like what you're doing is spectacular and we have hired you as a result of that so now you are on a screen and look amazing and this is like you know two guys in their basement right, um, right. you know with a sony handycam i mean yeah. we, we i think we had 300,000 subscribers and we were still using the original yeah, uh, the original camera. We didn't have like uh, you know a separate audio recorder or anything. Right. Well, yeah. It was all the onboard mic and yeah. Yep. I was still using iMovie. I, I never had even upgraded to yeah. to Final Cut or anything like that. So yeah, it was very it was very low tech. So fast forward to today. Yeah. You've come a long way from your basement. Yes. What does a day in the life of full time YouTubers look like for you now? We uh, so it does look a lot different. You know, once upon a time it looked like I went to my full time job and then I came home at you know five thirty and I scarfed down dinner and I would go in the basement and write a script and then shoot the video and then edit the video and then upload the video all in the same night. <laughs> Hopefully by midnight. Hopefully by midnight. That was like the cutoff, line, the, like the imaginary cutoff line. You got to beat the day. <laughs> um, nowadays it is much different and it is way different than I ever thought. Like. Even when we started, like you'd have like these morsels of success, and it would be like, you know, what would be great is if I could make enough money to just live off of and quit my job. That'd be great. Like right. I don't even need, you know, I don't. That that was it. I would take a pay cut to stop going to work and just like I'll wake up and make a video in the morning, and that'll be it. Because that's how long it normally takes anyway. Right. You know, and that that'll be great. Um, but it like it so quickly went. Um, far and beyond like that was that was my end goal you know <laughs> take a pay cut from work and just live like what live that way right and then uh i never i never dreamed we would have an office i never dreamed it would be like full-time 40 hours a week i never never dreamed we'd have staff um all of which is true now um so i yeah uh, i think in like 2015 i like finally was able to like quit my job and i went full-time and at that point i was just working out of um, my house 
Um, I'd gotten married by then, and me and my wife had a house. And then a, a year later, Ben uh, quit his job and came, made the made the jump over. And uh, I guess he was still doing some aquarium stuff on the side. Yes, yeah, a little bit. Yeah. But yeah. But, so and then I think it was like a, a few months of you and I working together before we hired our first uh, our first like full time employee. Yep. You know, like where we were like. We, we probably need benefits, not just yeah, not just right. for them, but for us too. And, yeah, like you know. we need to like form a corporation or right. Yeah, yeah. so we had to do all these like you know businessy things, um, and then you know it was it was me and Ben and our editor, and we were working out of this room that was probably not much bigger than uh, this room. That's generous, um, I think. Yeah, that's yeah. generous. Yeah. yeah, so we were you know, but you know, we would you know like if like the desk was over there, the set was like right here, and the editor desk was right there, like just one inch out of frame. You know, right. and it was like we would shoot it all in the same room and then Ben and Derek would leave my house for the day and uh, th- that that would be it. That's where they would come to work. Right. And then so from there I was like well clearly the three of us can't just work in this room. We need an actual office. So then even though we didn't have like an office office we worked out of like an apartment. Yep. Um, then we that, had a place to go. Yeah we had yeah. a place yeah. to yeah. go. We had a place of work. And then because we hired an editor um, we would uh, it freed up so much time and we could make so many more things and we could respond to more emails and yep. all of a sudden it was like well now there's so many emails to respond to and so many like obligations we have that we almost need another person to like to manage it to all. manage it all so that's how we hired our, our next person and um, so it just sort of went from there at this point um, we have moved offices three times yep so we work in downtown Roanoke which is something really cool I also never thought would you know be a thing like you know Right. Uh, no, it's amazing. Yeah. Like you know that for like our lunch break, it's like oh, we can just like pop down and go to like all of our favorite eateries because they're all right here. Yeah, yeah. Um, I love living downtown. Yeah, oh, it's, it's the so best. it's great. so great. Yeah, and I feel like downtown. I feel like Roanoke doesn't get enough credit for its food. It yeah, just, just no, it's it my, doesn't. Yeah, just, it doesn't. And it's so accessible. It's so walkable. You have such a variety to go to. Like I'm like I said, I'm from the Midwest, so um, everything there, it's just not walkable. You just have to drive everywhere. That's drive the everywhere. way things are set up. Or even if you live downtown, not everything is in this like cute little Gilmore Girls-esque atmosphere. Right, yeah. <laughs> like, right, right. That's how I felt when I first moved to Roanoke and saw Center in the Square and all the different things that mm-hmm. are hard to do downtown. It was so cool. Yeah, it, it is super cool. So, but yeah, so I mean, we, it, you know, it grew a lot. The team grew. Um, I think we learned a lot more. You know, we, we kind of grew some confidence along the way as well. Since then, we've we've got a gaming channel. We have a podcast. We, we launched a coffee company. Yep. Um, and, you know, in, in addition to that, we've done like meetups all over the country. We've gotten to work with, you know, Disney and Star Wars and you know just kind of like popped off we've, we've been to you know like London to work with Google Arts and Culture like there's been like some some just opportunities where we're over and over and over again like you know like Jay and I will look at each other and like is this the coolest thing right like, like, like the coolest yeah. thing may have now officially happened right like and 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 it's like if that's the case you know I there, there's a there's a huge amount of like like content yourself with like that idea where it's like if this is we've had some unbelievable opportunities and if if nothing else ever comes from it then it's like no matter what we get to keep those forever right yeah we we got Um, to do all these things yes yes and so you guys have mentioned how you do get a lot of emails you get a chance to go through what your fans are asking for how does your subscriber base then influence your work whether it's comments for different video requests or um, just the community that you've been able to see be formed from people watching your content and that's I think the word community is a, is a really 
is a good one to bring up because I don't know that uh, like when when you think of like a content creator, someone who who's kind of like doing this stuff, you know, that's on that's on the TikTok or the YouTube or whatever. Um, I don't know that everybody thinks about the fact that there there kind of is uh, in a sense like like a relationship that is built between you, the person who's on the camera, and then also the people who come to to tune in. And you know, we've been really lucky, and I think one of the things that Jay and I have have emphasized from the very beginning is just positivity. Like, you know, we're we're not here to like you know we talk a lot about like you know media and new movies and stuff like that, but we we try to celebrate what's great about these things rather than go in and, and tear them down. Um, and I think what we've found as a result is that there's a the internet is not always a, like a nice place to go, but our corner of it seems to be like, it's, it's a very positive environment. We don't have a lot of issues like with trolls or negativity or, or any of those types of things. Oh, that's great. Yeah. It's, it's been amazing. Um, and you know, I think, I think for us, we do, we do see a lot of, uh, suggestions from, from those people who tune in where, where they might be like, Hey, can you guys start covering, you know, like avatar, the last airbender is a, yeah. is a super popular TV show that came out on Nickelodeon. Actually, when we were growing up a little bit. Yeah. And um, I, I think it's really like garnered a lot of popularity in the modern age. And so as a result, it's kind of like, you know, we, we've got like our usual lineup, like Disney, Pixar, Star Wars, Harry Potter, Marvel. And then it's mm-hmm. kind of like, you know, if, as that demand increases, as you see those those comments being left, you're like, we'll give it a shot. We'll, and like, we'll see what shot. happens. And more often than not, like when you do listen to those things, it's like, oh, wow. Like it turns out that the the overlapping circles, the, the Venn diagrams, it's like, this one fits our puzzle really nicely. Yeah. Uh, and, and so, you know, it's, it's good to listen when, when possible to, to those suggestions and, and, you know, take them and, and try, you know, so to this day, you know, we continue to experiment and, and try, try new fandoms and see like what people might latch on to. Yeah. I mean, and the community has like, I mean, especially like when we were like uh, just sort of exploding at the beginning, it was, it was this weird position to be in where you don't, you know, when you think of doing YouTube, you mostly think of just like someone sitting in front of a camera and talking but like you don't imagine all the extra like weird responsibilities that come with that with like suddenly you're like like because almost always communities will form around like you know online um spaces or creators or something and all of a sudden you're like the figurehead of this thing and like how is that going to work or how how am i going to communicate and i know um to this day we still have like a really great um discord server and when we first um launched that it was really cool to see like all these people like sort of flood in there and there was this like like flourishing community of people and it was like so fun we would lose so much time just going there and chatting with the people and like getting to know people they they very affectionately nicknamed themselves the distraction squad yeah. because they were because so good were. at distracting us yeah uh so we we would get stuck down there and then like you know all of a sudden i remember one day ben was like ben just like put in the discord server like who wants to do a spartan race in dc and like all of a sudden it was like like a lot of people we had like 40 <laughs> people show up and do a super carlin brother spartan race with yeah, us everybody and it was like bright neon yellow yeah. jerseys that said super carlin spartans and like we're we're in you know like 100 degree degree heat in washington dc covered in mud with people from all over the country and some outside of the country yeah. who would travel to come and be a part of this event and like you know, if you were to ask me like some of my like absolute favorite moments, it's it's not things that we've said necessarily like on on screen. 
you know, it's like those moments where like, like I remember doing the Spartan race for the first time. There was this girl and she was terrified. And she was so worried. And we got up to this like mud wall and you basically had to go underwater to go underneath the mud wall uh, in oh, order to wow. get to the other side. And this Sounds is like, really elaborate. I know it does. But like, you know, it, it's like one of these things, like I'm standing there like with this person who like I've known for about like 47 minutes and like, you know, we're having like a heart to heart. I'm like, we can do this. We can do this. It's going gonna, I'm, like, I'm right there with you. We've got this. And like this girl, I mean, she looked terrified. She was pale. She goes under, comes up on the other side of that wall and she was like a different person she was like baptized in that moment I, oh yeah, my yeah. I mean it was incredible like it like she I, I mean it was it was like watching somebody be empowered right before your eyes it was yeah. like i can do hard things you know and it was like i mean that was so special because this is like no other way would i have ever found myself in this situation where i had this relationship with this person and yet here we are yeah and it, i mean it was so cool to see all like these people who had just been interacting like in completely isolated online spaces come together like in person and like we do um, monthly zoom calls as part of like one of our patreon tiers um and it's been crazy because the people who have been on those calls have been the same people who've been on the calls for like six years now yeah they will oh like yeah. yeah like they and like they all came to us independently but at this point like i don't even know that ben and i need to show up anymore yeah. they're just better friends with each other right. and they're not just like they're not just sort of like oh yeah you're that person i see on the call once a month they're like we'll travel across the country to hang out with each other like they're best friends. You yeah. Know? It's like, this is wild. Like we made videos and now you people are friends. Right. Yeah. So that, that's, that always blows my mind. Yeah. The community aspect. I mean, there's, yeah. there's just no, there's, there's no denying like the, the absolute force that it is, but it, I mean, it really at the end of the day is, is one of the most fun aspects of everything that we do is yeah. just getting to see those people. Yeah. And then you guys had that live event at GoFest for yes. your new podcast, Popcorn Culture. Mm -hmm. What was that like to see those fans in person? Oh, well, that was amazing because in 2019, we had started doing like movie meetups where we would like rent out a theater somewhere in the country and there'd be a, we'd go do it around a movie release and, you know, we, people would buy the tickets and then come and we'd all watch the movie together and we'd do meet and greets. And it was like we had a lot of momentum going into that. And then COVID happened. Oh. <laughs> and that was the yeah. way. And then it was yeah. like movies. <laughs> I don't think so. Yeah. And it's almost still what it's like. But oh. um, so that was a real bummer. But then, yeah, last year at GoFest here in Roanoke, we uh, did a live performance of our podcast, Popcorn Culture. And that was like our first like um, venture back into like public meetups and it was just so cool to see people because we've never done one in Roanoke before yeah and so we advertised this one we thought it was great because like we didn't have to organize the events at all we just had to tell people to show up and we weren't even selling tickets it was just like it if was you just, just just free if you can get yeah. here it's free yeah so come on down and like you know we um we uh, uh you mentioned earlier like we have a coffee company so we'd also set up a tent for our coffee company at GoFest, and it was right next to the stage where it was going and throughout the whole weekend we're seeing other people go on the stage and they'd have like you know 10 15 people come up and like sit down and watch their performances or whatever they were talking about and you know that was great and i was like oh my gosh what if no one shows up this is gonna be this we is gonna had, be we had, we was had like, no idea what no to, idea if you sell tickets at bare minimum you have a baseline for how yeah. many people will be there mm -hmm. and this was just a open call that yeah. was like if you come to roanoke you can see us do a live performance and we will take a picture with you afterwards yeah, we will if talk you want to, you. to. Yeah. yeah um 
And so, you know, like we, we got up there and, you know, we like the, the stage is set, like it's our time. It's like, you know, we walk over and like, we look up at the, the hill, you know, it's a grass hill that everybody's going to be sitting on and it's just full. You yeah. Know? I mean, it was like it was, 300 people or something. Yeah. yeah and it was like, this is crazy. Absolutely remarkable. When we had people, you know, come up afterwards and they had come from like, again, you know, all over the country just to come and do a, like be a part of it, check out all the things we talk about roanoke a lot on the podcast like yeah. we love living here we were born and raised here like wow um, so, so how do you think that has affected then people coming here to visit or you know just we've putting it on the map we've sent blue cow ice cream some business some business <laughs> i know that much for sure the sea yeah. salt brickle yeah yeah quality the, the blue ridge burger at tap room people have tried that yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. there's <laughs> some funny down, things yeah. yeah um so i mean it's it's uh it, it's a curiosity for sure like i know that like when people were here the 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 fans who were coming had actually created their own like chat room server to talk about where they wanted to go, what they were going to do. So like people were, you know, they were like one night they were hitting up local routes. The next day they were all getting up in the morning to hike up Mill Mountain together. And you're like, it's like to us, these are like local landmarks. They're important to us. Like mm-hmm. we've, we've done these things, you know, yeah. and we love these things. But to see these people who are not from the area come and like want to do them. Yeah. It was, I mean, it was, it was something super special. Yeah. It was really cool. I don't know if that answered your question. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, no, it did. I mean, because this is something we try and tell to our clients, too. I mean, you've touched on a couple things from your YouTube experiences. One, the importance of visual content, because not everybody was going to read that research paper on the Pixar theory, for example. But watching a video that is so much more digestible when you have somebody who is much more like a peer explaining it in Mm -hmm. a fun way. Right. um, That's crucial. And we're seeing that so much on TikTok and Instagram. People want those very, very short videos now with that digestible content if you're trying to get your message across and then especially as we've seen with you know tourism marketing and influencer marketing to get people to come to certain places i mean having that community to tie them in especially with content creators like you guys it just goes to show how effective that is oh yeah case in point <laughs> would be uh just just a few weeks ago you know we were talking about some of the like most extraordinary experiences we ever had we were uh actually reached out to and invited down to do experience the new tron light cycle attraction at disney world uh-huh. uh and what that entails was you know as as far as disney is concerned they brought down like this this kind of like big wave of of you know influencers content creators across a variety of different platforms uh and the idea was just like give these people an action-packed schedule so like while we're down there i mean they just had like one thing after another all laid out for us and the whole idea was if we can have these people come down and they're they're tweeting about it they're posting instagram stories they're posting tiktoks you know we we posted like a 30 minute vlog about yeah. our entire experience of being down there um you know and i i, I think that like what was so cool to me about it is that Disney didn't come down and give us deliverables. They didn't give us requirements. They weren't they weren't saying like, well, we need three stories and it needs to include this and like you know this that or the other. Other than the obvious dis- disclosures that we were hosted, but um, you know, as a result, I think what what they what they get. And to your point, is that um, like we just had like a free for all, you know. And so right. while just we were down do there, whatever, have fun, yeah. And- story about it (laughs) right we posted hundreds of pieces of like small bits of content about it and you know for us we're talking to an audience that's very leaned in on all things disney and so i you know for them it's a great opportunity to showcase what the parks have to offer for us it's an incredible opportunity and i think for our fans like they even like to see what it's like you know uh like 
doing something like this. Like we, they, they had us hooked up. So we had like, um, like a ride cam footage of us riding the, the new, you know, roller coaster. Right. Yeah. Um, which is just like a really unique perspective on it where we're like almost nobody other than the people who work for Disney have ridden it so far. Right. And they, we, we got to walk up and, you know, they gave us like a, like ride it as many times as you want. There is no line. Yeah. And so we, we did, yeah. you know, <laughs> how many times did you ride it? Seven. Seven. Yeah. 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 At, at which point we, I think me and Ben could have gone all day. Our wives were a little like, oh God, I think we need to take a break. Yeah. 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 <laughs> like this is work actually. This is work. I know. Yeah. 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 It's like when, but that's the thing is like when when you're standing there that's what that's what we mean it's like like this is work right this is like work. this is wow. our job today right uh, that is kind of mind-blowing it is when you think about it yeah. oh my god and it was it was so much fun yeah it was so cool and what do you think is the biggest lesson then that you guys have learned from being youtubers oh, oh my gosh the, i don't know <laughs> the, the biggest thing that i feel like i've come back to here lately is you just never know where you are in your journey Mm. um and like you know so again if you would have gone back to like so the first year we made five videos a week for a whole year that's 260 videos that we made inside of one year and at the end of that you know we we didn't buy or we didn't uh earn enough revenue to to like pay for dinner somewhere like there wasn't there wasn't like a lot of like revenue coming back yeah i think uh i don't know i don't know if it's still the case but at the time like if you youtube wouldn't pay out unless you had earned at least a hundred dollars in ad revenue correct and so i think it was like every every like two months or something there was like a oh maybe we'll get like a hundred and twenty dollar check or something right you know (laughs) yes so it was it was it was pretty nominal in in the scheme of things in terms of like where we were going with this and you know the the impact that it was certainly having because we're still working full-time jobs at the same time so like you know for you know the like our relationships our friends our hobbies and everything you know they like you're trying to navigate these waters where you know you're coming home from a day of work you're spending until midnight working on on your video yeah for that day writing shooting editing posting all the all the rest of it um there are so many points in that process where we could have thrown our hands in the air and said we gave it our best shot we tried really hard and you know like we couldn't have done anything else there's nothing more we could have done to see if we could have made it on this platform and and i think you know i mean like I, I, I would always credit Jay, honestly, because I think he had uh, like a tenacity of spirit about it and like a, an infectious enthusiasm to keep going where, where I think I would have stopped, honestly. And uh, I think that it was the it was the resilience and maybe even a little bit of accountability to each other. And, For sure. And, you know, yeah, like, I think I think that helps a lot when people set out to do this sort of thing. It's very easy to like start doing and put a lot of effort in and not get a lot out of it and then just feel like, ah, I don't even know what's the point. Right. Um, but, you know, we had this like challenge outlined and, you know, we, we you know, it wasn't like, you know, if I came home and Ben was supposed to make a video and it was like seven o'clock, I could be very much like you better get going right yeah because <laughs> we're 80 days in <laughs> right yeah. exactly yes yeah. so yeah. we're not going to be the one to you know i don't i don't want to be the one to not upload now uh but when you were like you know two years into that process and there and there wasn't necessarily that like monetary like like feedback that could that could just give you a little bit of comfort that you're using your time uh you know in a way that was going to ultimately pay off like that's that's what i mean it's like we could have left off there and we we would have felt like we gave it such a great shot right. and and just just look back on it as like an experiment experiment we did in our early 20s before we like started our families and stuff um but we did continue and what we ultimately found was 
the peak of the mountain, so to speak. Like, you know, we were, we were climbing and climbing and climbing. We were getting tired and exhausted and maybe like a little, like, like the, the enthusiasm was waning. And then, and then finally, you know, you, you realize like, and we're only a hundred meters from the top right now. Like right. We, can, we can do this. Yeah. And, and once, once you crest that summit, you know, I think all of a sudden it was like, oh my gosh, like that was the thing for me. And, and I would look back on it all the time. I was like, there were so many moments where I wanted to give up. There were so many moments where I wanted to like, to stop, to stop feeling like, you know, I, I, I had to keep going with right. this. Uh, but, but then, then I'm so glad that I didn't at the same time, because it's presented these opportunities for us in a lifestyle and, and, you know, something we're really proud of yeah. that we'll always be proud of. Um, you know, again, regardless of, of what happens yeah. in the next year or five years or 10 years. So, yeah, I think that maybe another lesson, I think Ben, you might even have like a, a sign in your house that says this, but it's, um, just like this, the, it, it's just, you'll think of something. I do have a sign yeah. in my house that says exactly that. Yeah. yeah a huge it's like, one. It is, that is one of those things where it's like, people will ask us all the time, like, how do you come up with the ideas? You ever hear you're going to run out of ideas? And it's like, absolutely. I'm afraid of that. It's, yes. It's my number one fear, but like, it's been my number one fear for like 10 years. And like, there has never been an upload day where we failed to get something up. Right. And it's like, even, even it, but it, it took like a very long time to sort of feel like, to like, like, I don't always know what we're going to think of, but it's like at this point, it's like, but I know we'll think of something. Right. Yeah. Right. And it's probably the number one thing that I, I'm sure our crew would love for us to master. Yes. Is, it's, it's almost, I mean, you know, we, we grew up, you know, our dad was in that newsroom and, and deadlines were like a big deal. Um, I think, I think he had a magnet on the fridge. Uh, growing up that said, sorry, babe, I'm on deadline. Yeah. Uh, which was like, oh, you know, wow. one of those things where it's like, you got to get the story out. Like, you got to do it. You got to um, figure something out. And I mean, what you guys have going for you too is similar to news, Disney and Pixar and Marvel. There's always new content coming out oh, man. for those fandoms. I mean, it's almost never ending. I Like, my dad and I were joking about this before because he was a Star Wars fan when he was a kid. And yeah. then the prequels came out when my brother and I were growing up. And then they did like, like another round so it just keeps going oh yeah i mean this is like i sometimes joke that like you know we won't live to see the last star wars movie or something <laughs> right, you know? right, like, right right you're right. gonna like die someday and just like yeah there's they're gonna keep going you won't see the end of the mcu you won't see the end of star wars oh you know, man i know right <laughs> i mean looking back at just how far your channel and your brand has come where do you see moving and growing next? Any big plans for the future? Where do you guys see this brand and, and the Super Carlin Brothers going in the next 10 or 20 years? Oh, man. I mean, it's it's a great question. Like probably one of the most common sentiments we've expressed is that there's that there is nobody alive today who's lived an entire career as like an online content creator. And, and so I think on some level, there's like there's that sentiment like and we're extremely happy with with where we are today. Like I think um, you know, if, if you're a fan of like the Harry Potter series, you know, you may know that like Slytherins are known for their like ambition. And, I, and we were both self-proclaimed Slytherins. Mm-hmm. And I, I think coming out of college, I, you know, I had I had like goals and, you know, like things I wanted to hit and everything. And I, I, I it's fascinating to me because I do feel like we've we've reached a stage of of this process where I'm like. I would love to continue to do what we do. Like if we can continue to do it, if we can keep the ship afloat, you know, like that would be, that would be absolutely amazing. Uh, you know, just in terms of like the, the baseline prospect for it would be, would be to be amongst the first who had like done it as a full career. Um, but I think, you know, beyond that, like one of the things that we, we talk a lot about, uh, you know, just 
in our free time almost as like a distraction from from creating our content is I, I think that some point in time we would love to contribute to one of these major fandoms in some capacity whether it's whether it's star wars or marvel or harry potter or something like if if we could be brought on as consultants or if we could write for like an episode or something oh, or, or a show so cool. yeah that would be that that would feel like all of a sudden you know you thought you were at the top of the mountain and it was like oh my gosh there's a whole different peak over i know there. i know yeah, yes like, I was, I there's like, a different oh mountain my, what no that would be yeah so yeah that that would be really awesome and um that, that that would be something to be reaching for i suppose i'm not even sure how you reach for it i mean you guys um, have already done the research so step exa- one i know right? i know i'm like guys come on there's like how many people know it as well as us? Like we're out there. Give us a call. Right. Yeah. We'll we'll, we'll help. We'll do our best. We'll do our best, man. We we'll tell people to watch it. We've got a big channel. Um, <laughs> Does that count for anything? Does that count for anything? Yeah. No. I don't know. Um, I suppose I suppose uh, a, a a different thing to maybe give you guys a little shout out as well is that uh, we should be launching our new website just supercarlinbrothers.com here within like the next month or something. So. Yes. 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 which is being made by Access. Yes, oh my it gosh. Is. Yeah. We were, which we're so grateful for because yes. I don't think we ever could have figured it out on our own. Uh, and the website, we've, we've seen the back end of it. We've seen how beautiful it is and it's it's really amazing. So we are excited for like that possible, you know, uh, like frontier that we could that we could delve into and, and see if there's anything out there. I feel like I've always jokingly in my head been like, like so Super Carlin Brothers. We always refer to it as like SCB. So it's like the SCBN. That's like ESPN, but like oh, yeah. the, the Super, Super Carlin, Carlin Brothers, Brothers Network. Network. Yeah, <laughs> SCBN. Welcome to SCBN. Yeah, yeah. I can see it now. You guys right. already have the plan in place, and yeah, we have amazing developers and creatives that Absolutely. have said great things about it. So I'm excited to see it in action when it goes live. Uh, since this is the Access Success Podcast. Could you both share a recent success story for you personally or professionally? Oh man. Well, I, I mean the the big one. I don't know if I don't know if, I don't even know if I've quite made it to the top of the mountain yet, so to speak. But um, you know, growing up, the other thing that our parents did that we we saw them do a lot was uh, run. They were big time like runners, and you know we did like the drumstick dash here in Roanoke. You know, years and years and years. Jay and I were both uh, cross country runners in high school at Cave Spring High School. Um, and one of the things that I had never checked off my bucket list is running a marathon, which I have been training for um, all of this year so far. And I'm running on April 22nd in Nashville. Uh, the big hurdle that I need to get past like in my training was my 20 mile run, which I just did this past weekend. Uh, so that's, that's been for me like, like one of the one of the big barriers where the further I got into it, the more I realized like, this is hard. Yeah. Like, this is, <laughs> yeah. this is, I don't know how people do the blue Ridge marathon, like, th- like adding Hills on top of distance. Like I have so much respect. Um, but that's been something where, uh, it's, it's maybe been a long time since I had realized like, Oh my gosh, like I, in order to do this, I'm going to have to push myself, you know, to a limit that maybe I didn't realize I'd, I would have to. So, uh, yeah, 20 miles check mark, but you know, so hopefully that 26.2 will also will will come. No, oh, you're gonna oh. get it, man. You're gonna crush it. It's gonna Thanks. be great. Um, I don't know if this counts as like recent recent. It's inside the last year, and it's something I'm still like riding high on. Um, that counts. Yep. Yeah, it was. Um, this would be probably be a little more professionally, but last uh, summer 
we were working on a series on the channel called uh, What If Harry Was in Slytherin. Yeah. So we've been doing these like what if style videos, like what if one little thing changed? And this was an idea we came across because the Sorting Hat almost puts Harry in Slytherin instead mm -hmm. of Gryffindor. And like if he had, if it did, well, how would that change the story? And that happens right away at the beginning of the story. So um, most of those, most of our what if videos are one off. That's it. That's one episode. This one turned into much to our surprise, like this giant eight episode series. Series. And I think since we've been doing YouTube, I don't think we've ever worked harder on anything. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. It was probably one of the most creatively fulfilling things we've it done. Absolutely was. I mean, we it was like it was all I could think about for like two months. It, I was like having dreams about it. Oh my you know, gosh! We would like stay up. I would be up until like three in the morning, like trying to like I, we got to write the script because it's you know we're I've I've been listening to Goblet of Fire and I'm only on chapter fourteen. And we got to figure out how this is going to change the rest of the story. Right. And, uh, you know, we, we would end up with these crazy long scripts. Like, usually we they end up about, like, like five, six pages or so. These were easily hitting, like, 20 per episode. The, and, the whole saga yeah. is over 200 pages long. Yeah, and it just felt like the entire office was just, like, laser focused on, like, we got to make this. And it was, like... Like, I don't know. It felt like we had the attention of like a whole brand new crowd of people. Like, well, what's happening over here? This is a really cool story. So um, we got to the end of it and it was like a real like, <gasps> we did it. I know. We did it. Yeah. And it was, I was just so proud of how it came out. And I was, uh, yeah, that was, um, that's one of my, my, our favorite successes. I think it was just very, it was, it was very well received and people were sending us artwork from it the whole time. Oh, that's and so cool. Yeah, it was, it was, it was yeah. really cool. So how many times do you think you read the Harry Potter books to prepare for that and oh i mean i've been reading the harry potter books like are since they came out i mean i think we've each probably read the whole series like over 50 times at easily this point. Yeah. yeah i mean um, it's it's one of those things where like you know if, if you ever if you ever you know in raleigh court and see me see me mowing my lawn it's possible i've got harry potter playing in my head yeah right like, you know that's that's what like it's just it's non-stop just like kind of like looking for that next morsel that next piece of information you never really unpacked before so so if you guys have a favorite fandom or franchise would you say it's harry potter or is that like trying to pick a favorite child? It's, I mean, <laughs> go it's, ahead. It's so difficult. I mean, <laughs> it's probably the thing we've covered the most like we, we've we've joked before that like you know we, we almost have like an honorary master's degree at this point because I, I don't know if like anyone I don't know if anybody else has studied it as hard or yeah written as many things about it yeah that would yeah. surprise me um, but so uh, Harry Potter is certainly the one we've covered the most and it is the one that our audience um, receives the best yeah um, so there is that but then like it, it really just it just shifts around a lot like we don't cover Star Wars as much because they don't make as many new things all the time but mm -hmm. every time like we decide we're like yeah let's make a Star Wars video like I will just have so much fun talking about Star Wars Star it's just yeah. like yeah uh, that this this is like and I'm like oh yeah we haven't made a video about this in a while and it's like this is so much fun to talk about like yeah. yeah. And then on the flip end of things, like we're also, you know, we're, we are just huge Disney fans. I got married at Disney yeah. World. I um, saw that. It was. Those pictures are gorgeous. It was so fun. Like, I, and it's like one of those things like where I, I you know, uh, my wife owns a bridal shop, you know, here, here in Salem. And so it was like, you know, she, she, it's surprisingly, if anything, I would almost say that like, she's maybe had more of like a cynical perspective because like, she's just like, she's been to like every wedding, you know, she's seen everything. It's like, mm -hmm. it was hard to 
like impress her. So I actually, I had pulled like every string I had available and was able to call the head of Disney weddings the day I was planning to propose to my wife. And I got, I was talking to her on the phone and she was like, so when did you guys get engaged? And I was like, well, the ring is in my pocket. I'm proposing tonight. She was like, Ben, go go get engaged. Um, So I did that and we ended up getting married there and it was incredible. Uh, And we are, you know, like, like big Disney, we're like Disney vacation club members. So like we we do travel there a lot, you know, with our families and everything. And uh, Encanto, the movie that came out a couple of years ago, I think like hit my soul when like, you know, I mean, yeah, I think we made like 15 videos about Encanto last year, but I'll give you the real answer. Our real favorite fandom is actually, we don't even talk about it on the channel. It's called The Name of the Wind. The Name of the Wind. Yeah. It is our favorite. It's, it's <laughs> I like, don't think I've ever heard of that. Well, yeah, so. well, yeah. No, this is yeah. the thing. This is the thing. You, yeah, it's uh, it's written by a guy named Patrick Rothfuss. It's called The King Killer Chronicles. It, there are two books out of three books uh, written so far. There's The Name of the Wind and The Wise Man's Fear. And the third book will be called The Doors of Stone, but it's been in uh, production for 12 years now. So yeah, it, it uh, could, we're not really holding our breath. Here, here's, <laughs> I, yeah, here's my prediction is it's the next Game of Thrones. Yeah, I, yeah. It, it sounds Game of Thrones-esque. Absolutely. Just the way it's very, it's it. definitely a just, yeah, fantasy novel, but it also has like a, you know, y- young young magician goes to school and learns magic and goes out into the world and, you know, does things. But it's also... I wonder where they got that from. I know. (laughs) Haven't heard that one before. Haven't heard that one before, but there's there's so much more to it than just that. Well, I mean, congratulations on just both of those successes that you guys mentioned. Uh, People have so much fun listening to you guys talking about these things and having fun talking about them. So where can they find more Super Carlin Brothers? Oh man! Well, we're on on TikTok and YouTube. We're just just search Super Carlin Brothers, and yep. you will you will find us on there. Um, and then on Instagram, I am uh, I I can't believe I have an underscore in my handle, but it's at scb or yeah underscore Ben yeah at scb underscore Ben, and you're yep. at John Carlin. Yep, at John Carlin, J O N K E R L I N. So that's just like a remnant of my very first YouTube channel back yes, in the day. It's all stuck. Of my, yeah, that's where it's like I made all my social media handles then, and that's what they still are today. So it's John Carlin on uh, on Instagram and on Twitter. Um, you can also check out our uh, podcast Popcorn Culture wherever pods or are cast. Yeah, yeah. Also, if you want to see some gaming stuff, we have Super Carlin gaming on youtube where uh mostly we do uh pokemon card unboxings at this point yeah, yeah. so if, if you yeah. need just a mountain of content to consume you, then there is a lot we have it for you we got it and then soon you guys are going to have the website too that people yeah. can go to and find all the things yeah yes. that'll be that's why we need the website so it'll be like you know where you can go to get carlin brothers stuff here Everything. and then it'll take you everywhere else so, right yeah <laughs> your hub absolutely yeah. absolutely so watch out for the website coming soon for the super carlin brothers thank you guys again so much for being on the show it was so fun talking to you yeah, thank oh my you gosh for thank you us. having it yeah this was so much fun Oh, thank you. Yes, I can't wait to see the new website. Can't wait to see what you guys come up with next, new theories, everything like that. So if you'd like to watch that content, go check out the Super Carlin Brothers. Thanks for tuning in to the Access Success Podcast, and we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to the Access Success Podcast, produced by AccessU, a division of Access Advertising and Public Relations. Find us on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram to keep up with what the world of education needs to hear at AccessU Agency and connect with us at accessu.com. Let's do something big.